He's known as one of the greatest presidents of all time. His face is on the one-cent penny and the five-dollar bill. Abe Lincoln is the man that we're going to honor on this episode of Testicular Fortitude. Testicular Fortitude on the Manlyhood Mancast. Hey guys, this is Testicular Fortitude. It's our feature on the Manlyhood Mancast where we highlight a historical portrait of a man with balls. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about Abe Lincoln. But before we get that, I just want to highlight our show sponsor for Testicular Fortitude, which is Haynes Knives. And we have a knife giveaway where we're going to be giving away uh, a beautiful EDC knife called the Black Pearl. You can see it at manlyhood.com contests. And that's coming from Haynes Knives, H-A-I-N-E-S knives.com. Go check out his work. He's doing amazing stuff. Uh, and you can go and enter to win that contest, again, at manlyhood.com slash contests. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you guys about, we've got something exciting coming up on December 16th at 7 p.m. If you are anywhere near Bradford, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from, we've got uh, a guy that's coming in. He's actually coming in to do an interview on the podcast, and in the process, uh, we connected him with our church. He's going to be at Open Arms Church. His name is Sam Childers. If you've ever seen the movie Machine Gun Preacher, starring Gerard Butler, the movie was made about his life. He was a hard-living guy, met Jesus, and then decided to go and free children from warlords in Africa. And so, yeah, this guy is an amazing guy with an amazing story. It's going to be put on by my men's group, which is Tribe of Lions, but also we're going to promote it here at Manlyhood because, again, he's going to be on the podcast soon, and we want to just let you know. So that's December 16th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at Open Arms Church. Uh, We'll have some more details for you in the show notes. But guys, let's get right into our episode of Testicular Fortitude. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Abe Lincoln's hard work on the frontier strengthened him not only for the mental challenges that would one day be required of him as president during the nation's most trying time, but also a physical strength that was proven on many occasions as a frontier wrestler. We've all heard tales of the youth of Abe Lincoln, the rail splitter. He's known for his strength and his prowess with an axe, but it's hard to picture Abe as Hulk Hogan in the little wrestling ring on the prairie. But in many ways, he was just that. His exploits as a brawler built him a reputation that preceded him. William Herndon was a personal friend of Abe and wrote a comprehensive biography of the 16th president. Some historians question the almost mythic tales, and whether they're true or legend, the specter of Lincoln is known for his extraordinary strength. Here are some excerpts from Herndon's writings. By the time he had reached his 17th year, he had attained the physical proportions of a full-grown man. He was employed to assist James Taylor in the management of a ferry boat across the Ohio River near the mouth of Anderson's Creek, but was not allowed a man's wages for the work. He received 37 cents a day for what he afterwards told me was the roughest work a young man can be made to do. In June, the entire party, including Offutt, boarded a steamboat going up the river. As St. Louis, at St. Louis, they disembarked, Offutt remaining behind while Lincoln, Hanks, and Johnson started across Illinois on foot. 
At Edwardsville, they separated, Hanks going to Springfield, while Lincoln and his stepbrother followed the road to Cole's country, to which point old Thomas Lincoln had, meanwhile, removed. Here, Abe did not tarry long, probably not over a month, but long enough to dispose most effectively of one Daniel Needman, a famous wrestler who had challenged the returning boatman to a test of strength. The contest took place at a locality known as Wabash Point. Abe threw his antagonist twice with comparative ease, and thereby demonstrated such marked strength and agility as to render him forever popular with the boys of the neighborhood. He enjoyed the brief distinction of his exhibitions of strength, gave him more than the admiration of his friends for his literary or forensic efforts. Some of the feats attributed to him almost surpassed belief. One witness declares he was equal to three men, having on a certain occasion carried a load of 600 pounds. At another time, he walked away with a pair of logs, which three robust men were skeptical, skeptical of their ability to carry. He could strike with a maul a heavier blow and could sink an axe deeper into wood than any man I ever saw, is the testimony of another eyewitness. Herndon goes on to tell another story of Lincoln's strength. Jack Armstrong, a hardy, strong, and well-developed specimen of physical manhood, and under him they were in the habit of cleaning out New Salem whenever his order went forth to do so. Offutt and Bill Clary, the latter skeptical of Lincoln's strength and agility, ended a heated discussion in the store one day over the new clerk's ability to meet the tactic of Clary's Grove. By a bet of $10 that Jack Armstrong was, in the language of the day, a better man than Lincoln. The new clerk strongly opposed this sort of an introduction, but after much entreaty of Offit, at last consented to make his bow to the social lions of the town in this unusual way. He was now six feet four inches high and weighed, as a friend and confident William Green tells with impressive precision, 214 pounds. The contest was to be a friendly one and fairly conducted. All New Salem adjourned to the scene of the wrestle. Money, whiskey, knives, and all manner of property were staked on the result. It is unnecessary to go into the details of the encounter. Everyone knows how it ended. How at last the tall and angular rail splitter, enraged at the suspicion of foul tactics and profiting by his height and length of his arms, fairly lifted the great bully by the throat and shook him like a rag. Mr. Lincoln's remarkable strength resulted not so much from muscular power as from the toughness of his sinews. He could not only lift from the ground enormous weight, but could throw a cannonball or a maul farther than anyone in New Salem. No little of Lincoln's influence with the men of New Salem can be attributed to his extraordinary feats of strength. By an arrangement of ropes and straps harnessed about his hips, he was enabled one day at the mill to astonish a crowd of village celebrities by lifting a box of stones weighing nearly a thousand pounds. There is no fiction either, as suggested by some of his biographers in the story, that he lifted a barrel of whiskey from the ground and drank from the bung. But in performing this later almost incredible feat, he did not stand erect and elevate the barrel, but squatted down and lifted it to his knees. Lincoln was, of course, not known as a brawler once serving in the Oval Office, but he did often show feats of strength to the U.S. soldiers in order to bond and show morale. Francis Fisher Brown was a Union soldier who authored The Everyday Life of Abraham Lincoln. He tells the story of Lincoln walking over to an axe, picking it up by the butt, and holding it out straight in front of him at an arm's length, parallel to the ground, for an extended length of time. Brown says, Strong men who looked on, men accustomed to manual labor, could not hold the same axe in that position for a moment. According to William E. Glenup's biography, once during a political speech, a fight broke out in the crowd. Abe left the podium, 
grabbed one of the assailants by the belt and the collar and tossed him 10 to 12 feet out of the crowd easily. Every time I bring up Honest Abe, some constitutional scholar out there is quick to point out that he expanded the powers of the federal government to trump over states' rights, which they say is un-American and dishonorable. My response is that the reason for that move was to end human slavery and to preserve the Union. Slavery is abominable. And while the rights of individuals and the rights of individual states is important, we should all agree that no human being should be allowed to own another. Freedom for some is not freedom for all. Justice for some is not justice for all. If the rules of the land allow for slavery to exist, then the rules must be changed. So I stand behind Abe on this one. Abe wrestled with the decision to emancipate. He knew the law and he knew the rules. It was a dangerous position to take as a president to challenge the constitutional authority of the states. It was a wrestling match he had to win, even though it would seem there was no winner. He grew up tough. That toughness served him well. He was tough enough to lead, tough enough to break the rules when they were not just. And that is why Abraham Lincoln is saluted today in this episode of Testicular Fortitude. Thanks for listening to Testicular Fortitude on the Manlyhood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, The Manlyhood Man Cave. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe, and check us out at manlyhood.com.